All right. Five, okay. uh -huh. four, three. We're, we're, hey, man, we are just going to fucking wing this. Five, four, three, just two. Just like every show. <laughs> Hey everyone, well, welcome to a very special episode of Fans in Motion, Fans in Motion, Fans in Motion, the ultimate pod, Night Ranger podcast, as Andy would say, the podcast that you didn't know you needed. This is going to be one fantastic episode, God knows where it's going to go. I have four individuals here, and listen, these guys... These guys are the what made that machine happen in the 80s. This is the original Night Ranger road crew here. Um, I got, I can't keep track of them, but I'm trying. I got Sarge. I got an individual who I've actually met. And let me tell you, he's crazy now. I can't even imagine him in 1984. Biff. I got, <laughs> I got the legendary Frogmore. And... The man, the myth, the legend himself, Duke. Welcome, the original Night Ranger road crew from the 1980 classic era. Gentlemen, thank you uh, for uh, joining um, this podcast. Uh, this is a, the exact reason why I started this. We wanted to search out, you know, all these stories and all these individuals that, uh, you know, helped this band that we all love. So I appreciate you guys um, jumping on here. So before we get into these tales of debauchery and all that good stuff, um, let's, uh, I want to just introduce you guys to everyone listening out there. Um, I'll start with uh, the man, the myth, the legend, um, the guy that they call Sarge. Mr. Mark Newman. Mark, thank you for joining us. Glad to be here. Mark, uh, just give us a brief introduction. What was your job there on that Night Ranger uh, machine? I took care of, uh, in the early days, I took care of all the three stringed instrument players, Jeff Watson, Brad Gillis, and Jack Blades. I started in uh, 1980, April of 80, with those guys. Uh, at um, the old Waldorf in San Francisco, warming up for uh, Ronnie Montrose Gamma, I believe. Uh, Fitz may be calling in some favors there. Uh, who, out of those three, who was the biggest pain in your ass sometimes? Jack, Brad, or Kelly? Jeff. Kelly yeah. didn't play guitar. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys, right. at the beginning when everybody was a man, a myth, and a legend. I guess I'm the nut job who's still nuts. <laughs> Listen, uh, everybody thinks I'm drinking, uh, but I'm actually not on this podcast, on this episode. Um, Watson. Watson. All right. Uh, over there, right next to Sarge, we have the other man, the other myth, the legend. Um, like I said, the guy who I met in Nashville, and I can only imagine what he would be like in 1985. Uh, Biff, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
welcome to the uh the podcast yeah i probably can't yeah. uh um and there's probably some uh, you're probably not gonna be able to tell everything i'm sure there's some uh, ndas out there that uh, have probably been signed and uh, you can't disclose all the details and probably the statute of limitations are probably still not met in some states that very well could be, but all those girls are probably well over 21 by now. So I think we're all pretty cool. <laughs> over 61. <laughs> so uh, Biff, what was your day-to-day -day job out there on the Night Ranger machine? Oh, I wake up, do some blow. Um, <laughs> A little eye opener. Havoc. Yeah, you know, maybe smoke. It was called steak and eggs back in the day. You see, there was this guy named JT. And he, he would uh, he would roll up a joint and he'd have these little, you know, the vials of blow that you'd have. And and back in the day, that's when the curtains were in the middle. And uh, so this joint would kind of come through and you'd see a hand and I'd take a hit. And then a vial would come through and you'd take a couple bumps and you'd hear this awful racket outside of the bus because it's goddamn cracking noon. We're trying to sleep. But fucking, it was fucking some kind of tractor pull or some kind of like three-wheeled quad or some shit that had a funny car motor on it. And they're out there blasting mud all over the side of the bus. You're blah, 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 blah. And then, and then you hear, you might want to go back to bed. Catering sucks. <laughs> How about some steak and eggs? And that's what we would call steak and eggs. So that's just, you know, not every day, but a lot of days. Um, but yeah, I was, the, I was Kelly's drum tech. I was, uh, the genie, I was the pyro guy, and that's when you didn't have to py have a pyro license, and thank God I didn't blow those guys up more than fucking once. I did <laughs> blow the bottom out of a PA stack one night, though. Well, there was the trash can in, uh, like, Melbourne Florida. Florida or something, and Chuck Lutz put the, uh, put the, uh, yeah. oh, the good charge in, mortar in it. and it just oh, blew it up like a, like a banana, just peeled like it. shrapnel, galvanized shrapnel going everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> And then I remember we had that, I can't remember what city it was in, but it was on uh, the sound on stage PA. We had a real low trim, you know, and the subs were right there. And I put my concussion mortars, which now they put up in the air, you know, nice and safe, like, or underneath the stage in a bunker or whatever, you know. Mark knows he probably has like 50 fucking pyro cues for the first song where he works. But um, anyway, That's so, for sure. Yeah, so I'm, and then it's, it's rocking America, and then rock, da 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 Kaboom was the cue, and wham! And I look up, and the whole bottom of the PA is just hanging out. The wood blew out. Remember, the speakers are hanging down, like, <laughs> hanging by fucking wires. I'm like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> so, so let me let me ask you this, Biff. Um, in all the time that you worked with the when you were doing that Kelly's tech, did anyone ever ask you why are the drums on the side of the stage? every day i know <laughs> pretty I know. much yeah, <laughs> yeah I, you know I, hey uh aren't you going aren't you guys go, no that's not where we set up man why don't you just be quiet and push the box uh here, yeah I, every day you know i would my thing was like my guy sings you know uh, answer, so you know blouser told me a story where um he was in a band with fitz and the club had a keyboard that was so heavy they couldn't move it and so what they would do was they would set Lauser's drum kit off to the side like Kelly's and Fitz and him would face each other. 
And so he always thought maybe that's where, you know, some of the idea originated from besides necessity. But um, all no, right. Yeah, um, it's totally out of necessity. Yeah. It's totally out of necessity because when you're opening act, they'd only give you 16 foot of stage space usually. When you're <laughs> yeah. out opening for any of the big acts, you'd show up first day and they, okay, you have this much real estate. We got to set the band up and the, guy, the guys needed all the middle of the stage. And so Kelly and Fitz set up and there was only eight foot of depth. So we got to fit everybody in that in that space whenever we had that uh, that much stage allotment, and it just stayed because then when you know when night when uh, Sister Christian came out and Kelly then was a lead singer, and uh, he was downstage and was worked. So I think it was a great setup. And the guy I've never yeah. I've never seen it again since. So. Um, and the guy giving you this information is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who I mean there are still children that sing songs about this guy he is such a legendary uh individual in the rock and roll world say hello to frogmore frogmore how did let me ask you this how did that name come about <laughs> um that's a simple story um with journey journey had a uh, uh quite the legendary uh, tour manager pat bubba morrow and uh when i was with uh Sound on stage, sound company, and we were doing uh, the first the first shows that Steve Perry ever did with Journey. It was a California run of, uh, of uh, colleges and clubs, and we were doing the sound on that. And I was out there, and one day Bubble walks by me, and he goes, "Hey, where are you from, Southern boy?" And I went, "Frogmore, South Carolina." And he goes, "That's it. From now on, it was Frogmore." And I was, I was <laughs> that name just. That's all. No one knew my real name for 25, 30 years. It was just from then on, Frogmore from Frogmore, South Carolina. And actually, Frogmore is in the news now because uh, Prince Harry and Meghan just got evicted by by uh, Charles from Frogmore, which is the Queen of England's personal home in England. So, long um, story, but. So, what was your Frogmore stew? Frogmore stew. What yep. was what was your day to day responsibilities there for Night Ranger? Uh, post and bail for Biff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was. Uh... We kept the we used to keep a bank bag, you know, with a little lock and key on it. It was for more than just me, but yeah. but I had my uh, little like little divider in there. Well up to 500 <laughs> well actually uh well, i started out as uh, monders and fitz's tech and then like i say after the pioneer theater fiasco in reno when uh bruce cone uh made me the production manager and then things were happening so fast and we were moving up from 2000 seater venues to theaters to 7000 seat venues and then uh I remember the first arena that we sold out was in uh, was in Wisconsin. Oh shit, forget the uh, across Wisconsin. Yep, and uh, this kid he got he got the band for their club guarantee and sold seventy five hundred tickets to the show. And uh, I'll just never remember or forget in settlement. Bruce Cohn looks at him and says, "You'll never make this much money again in your whole life." And he was probably <laughs> right, but I mean we just. It was just like a, a meteor with those guys after uh, you know after Sister Christian hit and uh, we were started uh, 
headlining and um, opening for ZZ and then the Black Sabbath fiasco. And uh, <laughs> but so uh, then uh, once I was production manager, I just uh, was in charge of advancing the shows and making sure everybody had what they needed to do their job. All right. I, I, I already have made notes because there's a couple things I want to ask you. And then last, but certainly not least, the uh, the other man, the myth, the legend, the uh, the individual, the uh, affectionately called Duke. Welcome to the uh, podcast. When did you get drafted by the Night Ranger machine? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 85. I, I, it was a, I, I left when, when Steve Owens, I came when Steve Owens left, pretty much. That's Yeah, that's how that happened. I was working for Journey. <laughs> I joined Night Ranger. And um, uh, Bay, we're all Bay Area guys. All of, yeah, all of us fail Bay Area guys. Yeah, even Rick, Rick at that point was a, a bonafide Bay Area guy. We always, you know, we knew he was from Frogmore, but, you know, he was a Bay Area guy. You know, we all were. Um, yeah, so I don't really know, you know, I mean, maybe somebody else knows, but, you know, I usually defer to, to Biff when I can't remember anything. I, I defer to him. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have a singular brain cell and it remembers a, a, a very few things, but every once in a while it remembers something. And when it doesn't, then I, I, I defer to Biff. Um, so, uh, yeah, that that, that was then the thing I liked about working for Night Ranger was all the free um uh edge oh, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'm rolling no, a joint sorry edge shape <laughs> uh, the, the, a little known fact the band had an endorsement um with the, the corporate entity that produced those two products and uh, so so we got edge uh, edge shaving cream and uh green edge free yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> uh, that was big life. Play in high school. That was yeah. big life tour. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, I got a question. Whose fucking bright idea was it? I already know it was Fitz, huh? The one to make color, to color the set and make the lighting rig the same color and all that shit. Whose bright idea was that? Wasn't that Fitz's idea? Fanny's. Duke, how the <laughs> fuck do you light something? It's all blue. You, I don't you remember. Work? Look, all you need is Neil Sean. Hey, look at my guitar, man. It's blue. I don't they they really painted the lighting rig blue. Yeah, everything. And then next year was purple. And then the following year was purple, Duke, remember? Oh God, what a hassle that must have been. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Teddy, I got something for you. Yeah. So on that tour, there was a gentleman by the name of Nook Schoenfeld and uh, Tom Bis Kelleher. Who uh, uh, re recently passed away? Uh, yeah. Nook was an icon in this industry. He was uh, also the editor of PLSN magazine. Yeah. But on that tour, they left a light that never worked, never got focused. They just hung it every day and it didn't do jack shit. And we left it there the whole tour to see if he would even notice. And well, guess what? <laughs> you never <That> did. <laughs> But hey, those are the little tricks you play on Yeldy and shit like that, you know, when you've yeah. got nothing better to do. I mean, you got to remember, we would do 200-some fucking shows a year, you know? I mean, not like today, you know? Maybe mm. Mark's band works pretty hard, but for the most part, 
guys don't go out and do it like we used to do it, man. No, that yeah. would be months at a time. Yeah, months at a time. That's right. You know, we'd go out, what, 250 shows a year, man, you know? So, yeah. And then, so talking about Nook and, and, and Bisc, on the Big Life tour, Kenny, do you remember how we would, was it Big Life, Rick, or Seven Wishes? Do you remember how we we used to focus, they would focus the lights? Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, it depends on the who, the who it is you're talking about. Well, wasn't it called <laughs> Naked Focus? Yeah, that's the who we that you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you might have had something to do with that bit. I had nothing to do with anything out there at all. I'm uh, I'm just a fucking guy that happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Vic, a lot of times. I remember this gal who was the house manager at one of these venues. This went on. It, it went on for a short time. It coincided. It was seasonal. It coincided with the summer. <laughs> right. And um, yeah, it had to be summertime. Yeah. And there was, I remember this one gal came out. She's the house manager in some venue somewhere. And Terry's up there, like Terry and Biff are one of the same people. Um, <laughs> up there. And she looks, I, I, I don't remember what happened, but she, I remember she hit the fan. It was it was a bit of a scene because this was this was new, you know. This was I remember. Something. I remember all the girls from the office had come out. This was us. Right. <laughs> no man, that was when we were doing Josie's on her knees in the back of the bus. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah, no, because Naked Focus. What happened with Naked Focus was they would put out a, a big old line of blow up on a mirror on the spotlight chair. When the rig was up at trim, like forty-five feet near, you trim height as high as we can fucking. Well, on all four corners of the truss. Yeah, we had that square truss. Yes, yeah, and you had to go by focus the light. When you got to the corner, you get to have a bump, right? But you have to be stark naked. Now, here's the real to, to join the club. Then you were in the club, so you know you're holding the ladder, and there's your buddies fucking sweaty balls. But that's okay because. <laughs> You know, well, never mind. <laughs> Mine are on one girl's side of the cheek and bricks are probably on the other, but that's a whole nother story we'll get to. So anyway, so up you go and you get to do a big old bump and then you got to focus the light. You see, and that's how you become part of the naked focus right. uh, entourage there. But the best part was, is now you get fired for, I mean, we would all, you can't do this shit anymore, Josh, first of all. No. <laughs> They're up there. There's a lighting crew, and it was it was Biss Nook, Tommy Roberts, and and I can't remember. Maybe there's Jim Smith, Gentleman Jim, Gentleman Jim, and they were and they and they were up on the truss doing the double fuck yeah, stark naked with towels around their neck, and they took a picture of it and sent it back to the lighting company. Said this tour sucks. Send more money, or we're going home. <laughs> <laughs> You would get so fucking canned for that shit today, man. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's funny because you know there's still that perception that that shit still goes on, and people will be like, "How is it being backstage with Night yeah, Ranger?" Right. And I'm like, "It's a yeah. bunch of overweight dudes like me in cargo pants. That's really <laughs> about all it, it is." But uh, yeah, I. I unfortunately was born at the wrong time and didn't get to uh, enjoy those uh, those type of stories. Um, you know, yeah, so for the, no era like it. <laughs> with this episode, I'm 
basically going to be hands off and I'm going to let you guys dictate the stories. My goal is for everybody that's out there listening is to uh, eventually have each of these guys on separately so we can talk a little bit more in depth about the actual job and what they're what you know that entailed and but right now i want to let these four friends uh uh basically share their war stories i wrote some notes so i got some stuff at the end uh um i mean i can throw something out right now uh let's i want to know about fitz firing all you guys all right. <laughs> Tyler, well, Tyler Texas. Tyler Texas. <laughs> Tyler, when his wife kicked the plug out of uh, out of front of house, unplugged the board when Martini was out there, and then uh, the, yeah, she was the dancing nine... on the power supply, wasn't she? Dancing on the, yeah. the power. Yeah, she, that was his fiance at the time. And then, uh, so we were on tour with Joe Lynn Turner. Well, they were uh, they were pretty pretty. Uh, Rowdy guys. Well, the uh, I guess it was their bass player or guitar player had a bass girlfriend. Player. <laughs> bass player had a girlfriend who was a stripper from Minneapolis, and you know she'd hang out with him, and she was she was friendly, and but you know she was all right. My so life support. We were doing uh, the Oil Palace in Tyler, Texas. It was a nice all ages show with my you know Texas parents and their children and. Nice, nice, nice night ranger show coming to see Sister Christian, the most religious <laughs> song at the time. And uh, so uh, all of a sudden we start Sister Christian and it was, I guess it was their last day of the tour. And then you usually play pranks on each other uh, the last day of a, of a tour. So uh, here, here comes uh, this gal in her nun habit. And all of a sudden Biff hands her... Uh, said mag light there i the, did not the hand her the mag light for the uh, record the mag just light took it off sarge, sarge, sarge and i shared the same side of the stage for years so <laughs> this mag light used to sit on my rack okay which was, which was d7 by the way on all the, right on the truck pack so anyway <laughs> so anyway and she walks by she looks over at me like goes and saunters up the ramp, up onto the ego ramp. Now, you know the amp line that the guys play on today where Jack goes up yeah. and does the whole thing in the beginning? That same amp line, okay? That was back then. It was blue at the time. Okay, so, but then instead of stairs, there was another section that went up behind it because that was the smaller section, the, the, the second level down, if you will. And then there's ramps came down to where on Fitz's side, respectively, and Kelly. So she walks up, grabs it, Walks up there, gets out on the middle of the ramp, fucking, she's got it between her titties, man, and she's fucking giving it the old woohoo, woohoo, and fucking, she's got, next thing you know, she's got it up, she's riding that fucker. I hear, Biff, get her off the fucking stage now! Oh, and all the fucking lights come on. I run out there, put her on my shoulder, like, you've been a bad girl. So, <laughs> so I can't remember a whole lot from then, except the house lights being on, a bunch of cops being around us and storming us at some yeah. point. I remember there was a, I want to say there was like a, um, an aquarium in the dressing room or something like that. I remember we ended up pissed off and like threw a beer bottle through it or something like that and broke <laughs> it. And um, 
remember, I remember I, being pretty I, quiet backstage. Yeah, and they made us load out. They surrounded us, made us load out. Now the kids are going fucking nuts. This is fucking awesome, man. If I'm not remember the guy that showed up with the plastic one gallon Coca Cola bottle full of Coke, uh, Coca Cola syrup. With psychedelic mushrooms in them. <laughs> anybody remember that? The crew, the crew. Yeah, that was right. Well, yeah, all the all the crew was tripping. Yeah, <laughs> they were. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. They were walking off the stage. <laughs> yeah. I remember that clearly. that night. Right, I remember that. And then the fucking they line up all of our trucks and buses. Police escort us to the Arkansas state line. Don't ever fucking come back again. They banned rock shows there for like, I was it was a 10 years, Sarge. Yeah, I believe it was. 10 years wow. after that. Yeah. Gave us the old Aussie treatment. Yeah. Yeah, we had some police escorts back over the course of the bands. <laughs> we, we've definitely had some police escorts. Our beloved, dear tour manager, Chuck. Um, Chuck. Okay. Little episode on uh, while we're on tour, he he bought a twenty two rifle somewhere. Oh boy! And oh, this <laughs> oh, 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 oh boy! We're on the interstate, and um, they had narrowed it down to one lane for miles and miles because they were doing construction. So here we were in our tour bus, trying to get from point A to point B, and. Um, it would open up every once in a while to two lanes, but mostly it was just one lane. And we had the misfortune of having some guy in a pickup truck. Yeah. I, was it after the show? No, it was during the daytime the next day. Yeah, we was, were already in Fort Smith. We were in Fort Smith setting up, and the band yeah. was, was coming. And they yeah, did it band with, was traveling, yeah. Oh, no, I don't know if we're talking about the same story, but I remember waking up. I was in my bunk, and it was the middle of the afternoon, and I stick my head out of my, out of my bunk in the curtain. And I see down the hallway, there's like boots and attached to those boots are cops, like all the way down the hallway. And what had apparently happened is a guy had just pulled up in front of us and was slowing down and speeding up and then slowing down and speeding up. And it was uh, exasperating. And Chuck took out his 22 life of yeah, pointed at him. No one was actually shooting the guy, just pointed the gun at him. And the guy called it in to the cops, and the cops showed up in force, pulled over the bus. And when I stuck my head out of the, the bunk, uh, that was that was us being pulled over. Uh, gentlemen, please step off the bus. And we all got off the bus, and it was a whole to do. And um, it was a it was one of those things that shouldn't have happened, but did. did nice. Didn't they take you back to Memphis and make the band stay at the pool? Where all the kids were next to the city hall when he took Chuck to jail. Oh. <laughs> wow! Yeah, oh, you see, I don't remember any of that part. I remember. Yeah, that we, we were, were in Fort I, We were already at the gig. Up. Yeah, we were at the gig setting up and for him because Bruce called me and said, "I'm on my way. Just keep setting up. I'll have the band there by showtime. Don't say anything." Rick, how so. could that? I was on the bus. We were all on the bus together. Right? No, no, no. You, I, you rode with the band a few times. Yeah, must have been with the band. No. I oh, was. You were riding on the band bus, and because, and yeah. Okay. You okay. didn't want to stay up at night with us anymore. I think. Oh. You're like, I've had enough of this shit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was the band bus that got pulled over. Yeah. Right, right. 
Yeah, uh, Kelly. Uh, Kelly woke up with a with a Tennessee State trooper had his gun out at his head or something. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Rick, where yeah. where was it when I got when I when I had to get arrested, or I didn't get arrested? I think, but they stuck the hand in the bunk and were. Remember, when I lit. I hid my bunk. Jefferson City, Tennessee. Was that it? Yeah, that was yeah. when that was the uh, Josie Josie song we were doing the video. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tri City, right? Tri Cities. So wow. anyway, we're out yeah. with the band, the Outfield, right? So on the on the cover of their album, they had their shorts down, you know, like all you could see was like their knees up, and and so anyway, <laughs> they had a song called "Josie's on a Vacation Far Away." So I wrote a song called "Josie's on Her Knees in the Back of the Bus" as a parody song. By the way, Weird Al Yankovic had nothing on us, and Steel Panther, we were way before their fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> they got nothing on us, bro. But fuck, we could still go out and smoke them. But anyway, fucking, uh, so um, I wrote a song, Josie's Underneath in the Back of the Bus. So we're doing the sound check, and these people come out of the, of the offices because they hear the band playing. And and we're singing this X-rated song, and I'm got no pants on because I just all of it. us busted down to our. our oh, that's skimmer. right. We're all down to our our short our our. Fucking, and you uh, weren't wearing any, so all of a sudden you I never wore underwear. Right, so everybody's in their boxer shorts and shit. And I got Jack's bass, and we're running all around, and we're singing this song. And then I, Rick, you're gonna have to take it from there because the next thing I can remember is I was lying in a bunk hiding from the cops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty much, much it, it. <laughs> pretty much the end. <laughs> hey, so, so when did Fitz uh, back to the original question, when did Fitz fire you guys? Oh, when, he walked, when he walked off stage, when, he, when the van came off stage, he just looked at all he said, You're fired, you're fired, you're fired. Anybody was standing there in the in the, in the hallway. That's when the aquarium got broken. Uh, let me ask, here's here's a, a question if you circa let's do circa 1985 you're in a you're in a, a pub and shit gets a little bit out of hand which of the five would you want to be in a bar fight with who would you want with your back who was the best scrapper oh boys the band yeah the band none of them None of them. None of them. <laughs> call for all three of us. Hey, you guys, get out there and handle this. No, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say Brad. I'm going to say Brad. If it they was... had us. They had Brad, us, and yeah. we wouldn't let anything happen to them. <laughs> yeah. uh, that probably would have never been a scenario, but yeah. yeah secretly, no. secretly, I was rooting for Fitz. You know, I just got this image of him. Well, you know what's crazy too? That'd be Fitz, a big sigh and a. <laughs> is when I was when I was a kid <laughs> when I was young, uh, you know I you know I wanted to be Jeff or Brad, you know the rock star looking guy. I always thought Fitz wasn't the cool looking guy, but now when you go back and look at the photos, I'm like, yeah, you know, I think I might be Fitz because you know his image actually Latin, not the Scrubs outfit, but oh, uh, but you know actually kind of a. Uh, you know, stands a little bit of the test of time. Was there ever a time when, you know, it's the eighties and you know you change, you know, looks and stuff. Was there ever a time when you, let's say, saw an image change and you were like, what are they doing? 
Yeah, no. Brad's Brad's B outfit. B, yellow B, and black B, 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 B outfit. Oh. Oh. Bumblebee's I think that's the best one. And I, Kelly had Kelly had like a clown outfit too with like a lot of colors on yeah, it. He calls them the jammies. He said he would oh, still wear yeah. them if he had them. He said they were so comfortable. But yeah. uh, <laughs> they didn't smell comfortable. I had to deal with those <laughs> Which I mean, everybody, you know, we we all have, you know, fashion uh disasters in our past it's just not everybody's taking pictures of us but um yeah i just thought i'd you know throw that out there of, yeah uh, to dress as a fucking genie how bad does that get well <laughs> hey that that actually answers the well question. wait a minute how about the baby outfit on the new year's show when you came down this the fucking cable down oh the yeah that was probably your best that. outfit. I had a baby, but uh, my my diaper was made out of a space blanket. Remember, it was all chrome. I had my hair all spiked up. I went into loading like that somewhere in like Boise, Idaho, or something like that. Showed up one of those steak and eggs mornings for breakfast. <laughs> Four feet of snow on a fucking parking lot, and here comes Biff with fucking a diaper on. <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's load in. <laughs> And then there was a time we were going to, we were actually, they were actually serious about, we, you know, we had this band called Biff in the setups. Okay. And how that happened was we were in Lake Charles, Louisiana. We were sitting on the bus, kind of hanging out, you know, everybody's just kind of, and the bus door flies open and these drunk chicks walk in and this chick's like, and she's all on quaaludes and everything. And you're like, are you all the band or are you, are you just the setups? And Rick has got this fucking wit. I don't know. It's like, Man, don't you know who that is, man? That's Biff, man. And that's Biff of Biff in the setups, man. You're on Biff in the setups bus. And she goes, oh, man, I'm sorry, Biff. I've heard of y'all. Y'all are good. <laughs> so, from, so from that day forward, we were Biff in the fucking setups. And then when we got did the Josie thing, though, we were Nook Gackstalker and the Texas Power Rangers. That's right. Yeah, we were Nook Gackstalker and the Texas Power Rangers. Hey, speaking of Nook, mention his book. I, I, yeah, it's Nook. Everybody out there in Night Ranger Land, uh, we're talking about these folks. Um, Nook Schoenfeld was a dear friend of ours. He's get passed, passed away. Um, and uh, he's got a book out called 40, 45 Years or 40 Years of Gigs. 40 Years of Gigs, I believe it's called. And there is a chapter in there about Night Ranger. And I'm not going to give it all away, but it's titled Frog Stock. So, named after, of course, Mr. <laughs> Fantel. <laughs> um all the proceeds go to his children there it is there you go that's it right? old man musings 45 old man years musings there it is and that's uh i everybody amazon. I, I encourage you to buy it um you can get it on amazon all the proceeds go to nook's family and part of the um autism fund which both of his children had autism and it was very dear to his heart and um of course everybody who has a child or is uh, around a child that had uh, autism so it's an easy read. It's a funny read. Nook had a great, great way with words, and um, yep. we miss him dearly. So, um, yeah, that's a book, great, man. great yeah. Night Ranger story about Frogstock. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we we're just saying that Frogstock yeah. is a great, great story in there, and uh, shit you won't believe. And that leads us up to uh, uh, our Summer Splash and Gak Bash. I think is what we we nicknamed that's that. That's right, right. <laughs> <In> Alabama. <laughs> I will. Yeah, we, we, we named, post... we named the tour. We always had like special little names for things. We never really 
the, the norm. Well, so I'll uh, uh, I'll post a link, uh, you know, on the page of the, for the book. I bought it. I have not read it yet, but uh, we'll right. post a link up there. That way, uh, everybody can easily get to the uh, get to the book and order themselves a copy. Um, hey, I want to um, uh, what I, I, you hear stuff. It's kind of like legends, right? Um, myths you're not sure like if it really existed you know there's noah's ark and gilgamesh and all that stuff but what about what's the what's the reno fiasco you guys which one whoa <laughs> well I, I will let you pick well i got the one i i that's the one that i know the of the one i think the Ingray, the Ingray? Yeah. okay was that that was the is that the one with the oh that's the one with the flashlight no, no, oh, that was that's Tyler, Tyler Texas. I can't, I can't keep up with all this. Uh, you, you, neither could was me. That's why we bowl. had to always fucking be the way we were. <laughs> you got to understand, man. This is five nights a week, fucking <laughs> three hundred nights a year, brother. And us on a bus, yeah, you couldn't write shit like this. I mean, I mean, mm -hmm. I can remember one time Frogmore, if we were in a hotel and when our rooms would be late and we had to sit and wait, we'd all kind of pile into the fucking lobby and you got a bunch of roadies in there drunk party and getting loud and having a good time well rick used to wear these bright colored sweatpants sometimes they were yellow sometimes they were red i believe and then he had these really cool like python snake skin cowboy boots with that's the, right <laughs> tony llamas <laughs> tony llamas with with the with the with the with the, the sweats tucked in it was an epic look man so one day we're there, and we're in this, we're in this holiday inn, you know, where they got the like the little rivers that flow through and all that shit, you know. And there's kids in a little lazy pool. It's a holodome. Those things, holo fucking domes, they used to be called. So what's Rick? We get in there, we start. We we have a bet where whoever can catch one of these fish in this little creek gets to have a grandma blow. So next, you know, there's three guys and Rick, and we're out in the middle of this fucking creek, and we're all trying to catch these fish with our hands. <laughs> and the next thing you know, I think it was Chuck came and got a call or something. I said, "Hey, yeah, you guys are going to a different hotel." So <laughs> <laughs> it helped that we worked for the rock band, you know. So, but that didn't suck. So, and then let's see what other shit do I got here that you guys might want to talk about. Uh, oh, hey, Rick, what about uh, uh, oh, Hickory, North Carolina? You guys remember that one? We did the rib fest in Hickory, North Carolina. Oh, well, yeah. the lighting crew, Biss and Nook and them, Kenny, you guys had the day off, remember? It was a daytime show, and yeah. uh, and so there was this girl that came and she was in a wheelchair, and, and then she had her little pregnant buddy with her. <laughs> but long story short. Old Nook, we look over to the side, and Nook's standing there, and he's got the wheelchair, and he's standing there rocking it back and forth, and his chick's blowing him. And, and she gets up and goes, well, what about my friend? Who's going to do him or her? She's only a couple months pregnant. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. I'm a, I could go on and on, but I mean, a lot of this stuff probably is up. Kenny's looking like, oh, my God, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always JT, you know, alone at the monitor console. Oh, the one blowing, yeah. Austin, Texas. Tell that one. Those are that's the 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 purple boa. Oh my god! So, 
So anyway, um, I'd, I'd have control of the backstage passes being production manager. I'd end up in, uh, usually end up in the production case. So all these little girls would come uh, wanting backstage passes somehow, it, it, they'd always get pointed in my direction. So one day I'm on the I'm on the bus and we're in Austin, Texas. There's a knock on the bus door. I look out and there's this, there's like five girls standing there and all of them have little mini skirts and their little fuck me socks and little pumps on. And you could tell the one of them in the front like she was the ringleader. So I open the door and I go, "Can I help you?" She goes, oh, "Yeah, do you want us all at once or one at a time?" <laughs> and I go, well, oh, okay. Uh, I, I get your message. So I, I, I took her, and then uh, I dispersed all of her little friends to all the guys, and, and so, one at the monitor board, one at the house board, and uh, they, uh, they earned their backstage passes with flying well, colors. Well, there was quite a show on the bus as well, as I remember. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. With those same okay. five. Yeah, okay, they, they yeah. were around for a couple of days or so, and then we had the spill. It was the Chattanooga. Wait a minute, that was somebody's. That was somebody's bachelor party that day too. Kenny, who, whose bachelor party was that? Do you remember? Val. Oh, Val. Val, yeah. Val. Yeah, mine was in. Mine was party. in Columbia. Was it? Well, that was it. Yeah, that was Sarah. That was way serious. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we we had like a bathtub full of hard liquor, and beer, and I don't know. There's the cocaine fairy came by like they used to visit once in a while and every day. And uh, so every <laughs> day <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> we, we had a pretty good time that day. Needless to say. So uh, yeah, man. It's just a case of the wrong tour again. Or does anyone remember us doing a show with Ozzy? And there was a there was a new band that none of us had heard of called Motley Crew. Yeah, yeah, that was yep. Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yeah, or, 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 or Iowa Jam. Iowa Jam. They we Iowa Jam. You Those might know Monster. It was called yeah. Monster Metal Madness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that if Motley Crew. That was new information for all of us at that time, and yeah. I remember the famous story. It was repeated back then. I'm sure, no, everyone's forgotten about it now. But Rudy Sarzo, who was uh, who was Ozzy's bass player, he and it was up in the bar at the hall. It was a like a Holiday Inn with like a, a bar up on the very top floor, and I, I I was up there at the time, and I was there to witness Ozzy knocking out Rudy Sarzo. I was like, I don't know what the what their what the problem was, was but that was, was the quiet riot Dubrow. The Dubrow and Ozzy um, feud was going on. Right. Well, well not only that. Just, okay. Not only that, but yeah. but yeah. Brett Brad had told Ozzy that he was still doing Night Ranger. But I think uh Rudy did not tell Ozzy and Sharon that he was doing the Quiet Riot stuff. And Ozzy uh, came in, and that's why he punched him out, from what I understand. Yeah. No, yeah. I think they did a they did a radio interview, and Rudy was telling him that Ozzy was washed up, he's a fat old has been, and all this <laughs> other shit. And I was there too, Duke. And I remember Ozzy walked in in the bar. There was like, yeah. There was Quiet Riot, Motley Crue, us, Triumph, maybe. Um, except, 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 except balls to the walls, right? That's yeah. except, right? 
Yeah, Udo and maybe Rad it. or somebody, Rad or yeah. Bon Jovi or one of those. One of the yeah, yeah, one of the. Yeah. Anyway, there was a shit ton of us, and we're all staying at the same hotel. And Ozzy comes walking in, and the bar's packed like there's not an open seat. And he taps Rudy on the fucking shoulder, goes boom, and just fucking decks him. And then sat down in an open seat, and Rudy had a cocktail there, and he drank his cocktail, got up, and walked out. I fucking I went. That was fucking awesome. Hey, put out a put out a bounty on uh, Dubrow with oh, the uh, yeah yeah. 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 He, like told bikers if they break Dubrow's legs, he'd pay him five hundred bucks or something. There it is. Yep, it's yeah. uh, it was uh, <clears throat> Sunday, May twenty seventh, Timber Ridge Ski Area, Kalamazoo, Aussie Triumph, yep. Quiet Riot, Motley Crue, Night Ranger, Except and Rat. Wow, that's quite yeah. a build. There's a there's actually a good I can't say it's good. It's been a while since I've seen it, but a a documentary on YouTube of that show. Um what was it know. called? Can you repeat that? There's a document I, I don't know what it's called. It was on YouTube. No, but of, the name of the festival. Name of the festival. The name <laughs> of the festival. This is the Kalamazoo one. It was called the American Rock Festival at the Timber Ridge Ski Area in Kalamazoo. Yeah. Then the next day was Iowa Jam. Yeah. Same same back band. Back in this mud fest in Iowa yep. Jam. I remember muddy as hell. Yeah. Raining yeah. the whole day. Um Jake Barry was in charge that day. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember I remember was there had to be a helicopter and Dubrow wouldn't land backstage and his helicopter lose till he saw Ozzy getting his helicopter and fly away. <laughs> it was all this fucking drama was going down. It was like fucking hilarious. Mm -hmm. uh, There's there are photos of I think it's that show um that are out there um you know pretty easily accessible and it's mostly of jack and kevin together um so mm. there's actually some good shots of those two guys together but um eventually you know kevin's antics i think is what got him kicked out of quite a riot originally or something like that because he was pissing wow. everybody off from what i hear but uh um uh um all right let's see here what what can uh let me ask you this is there any is there any like memento or like like if i was a roadie let's say 1985 for night ranger 1986 and the tour ends and i'm if i was going to keep something i was going i want to keep that genie lamp you know that genie lamp would be in my damn living room is there anything from that <laughs> era that, that you guys you know have kept or you know means something special or you know you know anything or is it just another job and you kind of just don't do that um i've got a storage unit full of crap that i've accumulated in the last 43 years <laughs> <laughs> you know <clears throat> i, I much, was yeah i was I talking mean, like like uh like the album behind you you know back yeah. in the day they would give us uh, gold and platinum records and those were tokens of your hard work and dedication and right. um, they don't do that much anymore mm -hmm. um so those were for me those are very dear to my heart i mean i have several from this band and, and so we all do from the albums that we worked on uh and you know they're a great conversation piece and they're also a great way to look up and remember all the yeah 
fun times, hard times, you know, days in the rain, days in the mud, fucking getting each other's back, you know, sick, um, just anything you can imagine and the shit you go through out there. And it's just kind of a, of a and it's a nice momento to go, you know what? I earned that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I cherish those personally. Um, and I keep I keep a lot of the laminates and yeah. stuff and, I've, and, yeah. and other platinum and gold albums and awards that I've gotten from other artists. But um, that would that's about it. I mean, mm-hmm. um, each one tells a story when you can look at it, you know. So. Yeah. I remember, I remember back then at the end of the, the end of a tour you'd have so much swag and t-shirts and crap you collected you'd usually have to send a box home ship a box home yeah. and then your suitcase would be so full oh, of hey, crap you wouldn't, of have, which, man, you wouldn't have a chance to fucking get anything i saw a vintage vintage night ranger shirts going for 250 bucks from uh seven wishes tour the other day on ebay yeah man i still have them in mint condition all that crap yeah yeah I got the oh. Japan tour ones in condition. Right. Yeah, nice. those uh, those things can fetch a uh, a pretty penny. Uh, what's funny is you, you know, you're talking about you know the passes and stuff. Um, one of the big mysteries is the actual release date of Dawn Patrol. Um, there, no one really knows the exact date it came out. Um, I'm thinking more towards the end of November. And it's right around Speak of the Devil because Brad had Speak of the Devil and Dawn Patrol coming out right around the same time. But when the four yeah, kids... flew from the Don't Tell Me You Love Me solo straight to the Aussie rehearsals in New York. Yeah, and it's it's so close, but there's no definite date that you know we can find in print or anything like that. Anyways, I texted Jack when we were right close to that uh, 40th anniversary, and it's like you got. You know, do you remember anything? Like, I'm hoping, like, oh yeah, it was released two days, two days before my aunt's birthday or some shit. Right? And again, those guys are their worst historians; they don't have any clue. But Jack's searching for shit, and he sends me a photo of a box that was sent from Boardwalk, and I'm like, ah, that date's going to be wrong. That's like '83. And but sitting there, I just see like an old Kiss Creatures of the Night pass for Molly, just sitting off to the side, and so he's got all that stuff there and even when i met molly in nashville she's like you need to come out and help us organize all this shit so mark when you hit that storage unit give me a call (laughs) i've got all that same crap all that (laughs) that from that same tour yeah Yeah. Uh i actually sorted out their tuning problems on that tour i evidently uh uh vinnie wasn't in tune with the rest of the band they gave him a lot of crap over the mic about it and uh production manager had me sort out the tuning problems and i end up getting offered the purple rain tour as a result really yeah, yeah. um just never know where your next gig's coming yeah from. um you're only as good as your last one yeah um i might have to we'll have to, we'll have to expand on that on the, another uh episode uh duke did you uh keep anything from those night ranger days i i i Left for a minute. You know, maybe you didn't notice, but I got up and split for a minute. Went into the basement. I, I thought I might be able to like immediately go to the box that I know that <laughs> uh, just uh, a green edge. <laughs> I, I have a I have a jacket that it's it's white Night Ranger a green edge all of it in on one jacket. You all got one. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't. Right. But that's, did, 
Did you do you guys remember that uh, Green Edge? They did that like you enter for like a high school, you know? A high oh, school. we played. We did the high school gig. We you did think high was, school gig? When yeah. Night Rangers your high school? Yeah, I think yeah. like, maybe Indiana or Illinois. It or? was Indiana. Yes. Yeah. Those poor high school girls. <laughs> They'll never forget Beth. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I never, I never really thought about it until I met you four, and now it's like, holy shit. <laughs> You know, they're probably none of them are probably allowed in Indiana. Well, well yeah, yeah. yeah. There's another uh yeah, there's a lot of stories. There's a place called Canadago in New York called Finger Lakes Performing Arts. Performing Arts. Uh we're not gonna get into that one. But that, <laughs> that was quite a good time. Let, uh, let, let me uh, ask you let, this is more of a serious question. Let me ask you this. So oh no, this is not uh, supposed to be serious. Well, we oh, gotta we gotta get serious every now and then. Um, did you guys, you know, so Night Rangers got this upward, uh, you know, momentum going with Midnight Madness and then Seven or Seven Wishes, and then Big Life comes out and doesn't quite get the the response I think that the band was obviously hoping. Um, did you see that deterioration in the band? Like, would you have ever thought in 1985, 86, at the height of Seven Wishes, that that band would be no more in less than three years? There was well, no way uh, what, what? that was going to happen. Do what? There was no way of telling what was going to happen. I mean, we were riding high in 85, I remember. Right. When was Secret of Your Success? When did that come out in that movie? That would have been about uh, May of that, that was a, uh, well, that was a hit, right? And then we did Teachers. Didn't we do something for Teachers? Well, Teachers, teachers. Would have been, yeah, that would have been 84. But, you you know, Secret of My Success yeah. did not do well. The other two singles did not do really? well. Uh, they released Man in Motion in 88. By early 89, they broke up. You want to you know my opinion? I'll give you straight. There, it became very keyboard keyboard orientated, and pop vocals and 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 record companies trying to tell them to formulate the next Sister Christian hit. When they're a rock band, they're a rock band, man, and they needed to have that tone that Mark first came up with for them. And I think a lot of that started to go away, and it became too. You know, let's be more like Journey and Lover Boy and all these other that were out there. When mm. you know they weren't a Motley Crew, they weren't a Guns and Roses, but they they, they they had a I don't know they. That's just my opinion. You know, yeah. I kind of well, think that and, and if what they you stayed s- more towards their heavier stuff, like the Midnight Madness stuff, and especially the Dawn Patrol stuff. I mean, Eddie's coming out. You know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. That's that's when they really started to catch on with the kids. But then yeah. you got to remember. Rock and roll, man. I mean, it's it's changing. on tomorrow. Four it, years goes by. And those yeah. songs aren't that 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 genre. That type of tunes, they're not popular anymore. Something else is being played under you. You got Huey Lewis yeah. in the news coming yeah. out. You know, well, things you, of that nature. Which a band, a band, a band you mentioned. I mean, Night Ranger wasn't the only one. Lover Boy, Survivor, Aria Speedwagon, all fell kind of, you know, into that. It's just it just sometimes amazes me, just you know, how high they were riding 85, 86, 87, and then bam, by early 89, it was done. And, um... Thanks, Guns N' Roses. Yeah, I mean, that too, you had, you know, you had (laughs) Guns N' Roses and the the Poisons and stuff like that coming out, and 
um white snake was huge and all that uh after um, that yeah after the 80s all of that stuff just came to a grinding halt all of it, yeah. it came back and uh, you know it could be argued that it's come back even stronger now uh maybe not than it ever was but it's, a lot of it's really come back big time yeah uh, but yeah. For, for a while there you couldn't give it away well i was in high school you know in the in the grunge era from like 91 to 95 and all those bands overnight became you know i would get made fun of if i liked white snake or night ranger or kiss or any of those groups and i mean slowly you know, i think the eagles kind of started when they got back together in 95 and then kiss in 96 and then eventually it kind of you know filtered down to where these bands became legacy acts and like you said duke they're they're doing better business than they probably ever had uh, I do some grunge during that period do i was always sound i had to go out and do grunge during that period uh during the mid 90s i had to go out and do uh uh, Soundgarden and Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, how, going back and yeah, forth between the two. Yeah. I, I got to do Hole and deal with Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson. Oh, that was a lot I got that too. I did yeah. that one too. Right before you, remember? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember getting that. The day before you came up. And that's right. I remember the very first night of that tour, man. Uh, Portland Rose Garden going up, sitting. Mikey Prada, he was with Smashing Pumpkins. He's a monitor engineer on that tour. And, uh, I stand and Courtney goes, take me up and let me see the show. So I walk her up to the monitor console. Manson starts slamming her. She takes her shoes off, hands them to me, crawls over the console, runs out on the stage, starts beating the shit out of the guy, jumps on his back. The very first night of the tour, my buddy Doug Weiss taps me on the show and goes, hey, welcome to the club, man. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, great. And this shit happened every night. He goes, I don't know, tonight's the first night. Yeah, it was quite the quite the, the between those two boy the fist fights and stuff. Oh my god, and that stuff yeah. that they were saying over the microphones. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Brutal. Yeah, absolutely, man. I remember we were in, uh, and this is not a Night Ranger thing, but um, World Amphitheater, and we're out with Hole, and uh, she's out there surfing naked over the crowd there, passing her all around. She ain't got a stitch of clothes on. Comes back all bruised up, looks like a fucking rape victim. And she's got a mic, live mic in her hand. She goes, this little girl grabs and goes, you killed Kurt. And Courtney punches her and breaks her nose. And if you've ever been to the world, we all have big, big, and there's big video screens everywhere. That fucking place went nuts. Chairs were hitting the stage. Local two walked off and said, fuck you, Biff. We love you, but we're not doing set change. You're on your own. <laughs> I'm like, great. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that's all that kind of stuff. But um, <laughs> the gr grunge fucked us hard. Fucked a lot of people hard as far as mm -hmm. the Night Ranger type genre and things yeah. of that nature. But like Kenny said, I mean, it's it's coming back. It's nice to see that the guys are still out there giving it all that they can. And, um, you know. Um, let me, yeah, ask, you, let me just, ask you this. I think I told, I told James at the Ryman, James Blades, I said, uh, I looked at him, I gave him a big hug, you know, and I said, hey, man, look at the, look at the crowd that night. I said, great show tonight, Don. I said, you know what? I said, you keep him alive every night with this. And he looked at me and I said, in here, with you keeping him working, that keeps him alive. Because like all of us, I mean, it's what we do, you know, kind of the minute you stop doing what what's in your soul, even if your body won't, sometimes your body doesn't let you like me, man, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. But uh, 
you know, just to, um, I told him, you know, you keeping that band working is keeping those guys alive right here. And it's true. And you see a lot of it with these 80s bands that are out there now, you know, I wish Huey could tour, you know, he would listen to news, but he's got a, an ear issue apparently, but uh, mm -hmm. Rick would know more about that than I do because he was with them for quite some time. But um, you know, I really did, feel that. Did you ever think when you guys were, you know, doing your steak and eggs and, you know, fishing in hotel lobbies and all that shit, that in 2022 or 23, whatever fucking year this is, um, that, you know, we would still be talking about Night Ranger and these bands would still be touring? Not the, in your life. Yeah. <laughs> No, I didn't. I'm surprised. I'm a lot. I'm sorry, Mark. Go ahead. I'm surprised. I'm still touring. I mean, you know, it's, right. <laughs> a long time actually. When I when I started this thing, and it's funny that that same time I was offered the Purple Rain tour, the production manager Tommy Marzullo was saying it'll be great for your career. And I remember looking at the phone, going, "Career, <laughs> career." You know, I didn't know. It just all of a sudden one day it was my career, and you know, my career picked me. I didn't really pick my career so right. I, and i'm still here doing it so. has, i think with all of us you know kind of just you it takes a really special person to do this quite we all know that and so i think you get chosen for it more than it chooses you you know it's something you're i was i'm just drawn to it man i i the energy of the rock show man you can't fucking beat it you get paid you get laid and there's pussy fucking everywhere come on man free beer <laughs> You know, free beer at the end of the night. You get to do blow. You can smoke pot at your job. Twenty-two-year-old kids dream. You were doing oh, that. I'm sorry, boss. I'm sorry. Yeah, Dr. Pepper and uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, uh, Swedish Fish. There you yeah, go. That's, it. that's how we Bur burn his photographer's faces off. But uh, we never talked about Bill Manley. We used to have a T-shirt guy named Bill oh, Manley. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bill was a, a legend in his own right. So back then, you know, they had Polaroids, so, so they didn't, you know, or you had Photomat. So I think we're in some place, I can't remember, but they used to have these little Photomat kiosks. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, there you go. Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> so there we are, and we're dropping some film off or something like that, and Man, Lee's a good-looking young kid, you know, and he's chatting up the chick through the photo mat thing, you know, and then I think the window like opens up like this big or something like that, you know. Next thing you know, Manley's over, he's got his pants down with his dick through the window, and the chick's blowing him at the photo mat Kodak. We were we were checking photo. in, we were checking in the hotel, and it was across right. the street in the parking lot. Right. And we couldn't blowing. we couldn't find Bill. We looked over there, there he is, <laughs> blown through the window of the photo mat. <laughs> <laughs> oh crazy shit like texas jam we did the texas jam right and um oh, it's seventy thousand people at the cotton bowl man it's big out <laughs> and uh so they're squirting all the chicks with the water you know and i see this little pretty little mexican girl and she whips up her top like man she's got perfect like cantaloupe tits man and i'm like fuck yeah and she goes, I want to come up there. And we're doing set change, you know, and it's loud. So, I mean. It's coming off of Ted Nugent on the Night Ranger. Yeah, exactly. And so we're doing set change. And she goes, I want to come up there. And the, the security guy's are like, you want her up? I'm like, yeah, fucking bring her up. So they toss <laughs> her up. And she goes, pull down your pants. And I'm wearing shorts and a tank top. And I can't hear her because I'm over by the side fill where I'm going to get Kelly's drum rig to start to come out, right? 
and it's loud as fuck. So all of a sudden she just pulls down my pants and starts blowing me, honking on Bubba right there in front of God and everybody. And like 70,000 people are like, oh, fucking tattoos are turned on and came. <laughs> it's it stopped the set change. Everybody just stopped and clapped instead. No round of applause. It was classic. Can you imagine if everybody had cell phones back then? No, no. you guys all probably have still be in jail. Well, the closest, closest thing to that was Jack at the Illinois State Fair when he jumped off the amp line and split his pants, his crotch. And there was like a little wiener was wagging in the air and 15,000 glass bulbs were going off. <laughs> I, I most, still most see pictures, pictures of that. Yeah. They still exist. Yeah, I know. Speaking of Jack, no one no one has mentioned, not to change the subject, I, I'll change the subject. Uh, no one's mentioned uh, Jack Blaze episode, which, which I repeat to this day because uh, just the, the, the freakiness of it was just... Uh, it was just amazing. We we did a gig at, and you all, everyone will remember this. We uh, we did a show at uh, Jones Beach Marine Stadium, and uh, finished the show. Uh, tour the band bus left, and first, and we're still loading out, and uh, heading down to Florida is the next show. Next show, Jones Beach, which is that's New York, okay, New York to to Florida is the next show. And we get to, we pull over at this rest area in New Jersey. It's, it's three o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, two thirty in the morning. And uh, the bus drivers, as he's pulling into the rest area, sees it's Jack in the rest area waving at us. And he had gotten off the bus, didn't tell anybody. He was in a pair of, he was in a pair of shorts. And a T-shirt, sneakers, flip flops, no wallet, no yeah. nothing, nothing. He had a quarter in his pocket. Yeah, they, we were on the those black, those black buses. Remember that Kiss used to have? They had the caps on them. Remember that that Japanese motif? And that guy yeah. got us lost in Queens, Jamaica. And Kenny's like, Kenny grew up in New York City, so he's like the Duke. He's like, Hey Terry, you know where we are? I'm like, I have a fucking clue, Duke. We're leaving the gig. He's like, He's like. We're in, we're in Queens, so we got kind of stuck. We got had to get turned around. But I think that was when we were going in. If I'm not mistaken, we were we were going into the power station and recording "Secret of My." So no, we were on our way to Florida, and and Jack got off the no, bus. No, 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 no. Uh -oh. We were we were going into in and out of New York City to record because we were opening for 38 Special, I think, weren't we? And we yes. got pulled over going down the yeah. interstate. And yeah, he found us over because in the back lounge, the guy goes, Biff, we're getting the, you used to have intercom phones back then. And yeah, a phone yeah. picked up like, Biff, we're getting pulled over. Everybody put your shit away. And we got pulled over. And then it caught the, 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 sorry, the guy, I don't mean to, to correct you, but this is what I remember. But um, so anyway, he, Jack came up and was beating on the, the bus door. And the driver didn't the driver recognize had never him. seen the band before. He never met Jack. He didn't know fucking. Yeah, there's some kid pounding on the like, door. He's like, there's some fucking yeah. kid. Biff, get up here. There's some kid pounding on the door trying to break into the bus because we were in a shitty neighborhood before that. And um, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a bass player. You might want to let him in. <laughs> and no, so you, actually, you actually leaned up and said, hey, that's no kid. That's our boss. Yeah, we were going to Norfolk because the next morning we pulled into Norfolk 
And when they had asked, hey, does, uh, you missing anything? When Chuck went to check in the hotel, they asked Chuck, it's the guy they'd have called ahead, and 38 Special was already there. And, and they go, uh, and the guy at the desk asked Chuck, is, are you missing anything? Chuck goes, no, I don't think so. And uh, then Jack comes walking in and is like, yeah, you are. You left me at the fucking truck stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jer- Chuck Jersey was like, Jack. <laughs> and a typical Chuck, dude. Dude. <laughs> Dude. Uh, you know, you know, I mean, any bus driver will tell you, you know, the rule is you got to take a hat or your pass or something. You got to leave it on the seat of the bus so he knows you get off the bus. It's 2.30 yeah. in the morning. He's in paying the fuel bill and you get off the bus. He assumes everybody's sleeping. It was mm-hmm. an honest mistake. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, speaking yeah. of bus bus drivers, I remember Brad telling me a story about black 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 ice Bob. Bob, yep. oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Were any were any of you guys there for that? that yes, one? I was. Definitely. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> He'd pass us doing ninety miles an hour. We'd be in the rider truck doing twenty five miles on solid ice between Casper and like Cheyenne or someplace. And uh, he'd come flying past us doing at least 90. It'd practically blow us off the road just, you know, from the split screen coming off of him. But he'd do that all the time. And then, of course, there was his, uh, the showing, his showing his wife's pictures. Yeah, yeah. We're in, we're, we're in the bus and he goes, hey, you want to see my wife? He ends with a fucking Polaroid and he's spread eagle and chick. And then he goes, hey, you want to see my kids? And we're like, no, no. <laughs> fucking head coming out of her pussy. Remember, remember the bus driver? Remember the bus driver we had Fred Bermudez? Remember Fred? Oh, God. Yeah, oh, we had this, Bruce is going to save money and get us the old Doobie Brothers bus, man. It's going to be awesome. We ended up naming it the Challenger too. Because it was fucking horrible. This guy named Fred Bermuda. <laughs> I, I, I just stock, wasn't it? I just yeah, got that. This is that's the one that broke down going into frog stock. So anyway, we're we're sitting there and this is like this is your bus driver back in the eighties, okay? So comes back. Hey man, I'm your new bus driver. My name's Fred, blah, 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 blah. Whips out a fucking ounce of blow, grabs like three big rocks, throws it down on the back lines, goes. Let me know if you guys need anything else. I'm like, oh, great. You're going to be driving us around for the rest hey, of the Hey, Hannah, I'm out of the kitchen. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let me ask you guys this. Do you, uh, the MTV concert that was filmed in Irvine Meadows in 85, do you guys um, remember that show or do you guys remember it being different than others that it was going to be filmed and, you know, be eventually shown on MTV? I remember about Irvine Meadows is the chick who gave us all the, the clap. We had to go to the clap test. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember. Dynamo, we were, Dynamo hum. Dynamo hum. We were at <laughs> we, this chick, right? She pretty little white dress. I remember that part because she didn't look back in the day. These chicks looked the part, man. They had the little baby Madonna glove and they, you know, they go, oh, leave the glove on. Yeah. So, <laughs> this girl shows up. She looks like something out of a fucking Claritin commercial where there's fucking butterflies and meadows and shit plumbing up behind her. Anyway, so she comes on the bus and I guess she'd done, gotten done fucking rap. And we had a guy named Gunk, David Selg, who was her, our monitor engineer. No, is that not it? Didn't, uh. didn't she, she, any, anyway, I think she, she ended up we ended up getting pulled over because we ended up doing her somehow and something, and she had 
thought they they gave the band rat or somebody or us to clap anyway so we all had to pull into the utah state board of health escorted in there by cops and get our wee wee's fucking swabbed and then the last time i the only thing i remember out irvine really was her showing up and she had a bunch of backstage passes around her neck and rick came out and found her and just ripped him like fucking yanked him off of her fucking chest damn near pulled her fucking dress and bra off while he was doing it to her get the fuck and that's all i remember about irvine meadows <laughs> well, i'll never watch that the same way again this is the, this is the duke the duke's got to sign off i gotta run it's great seeing you guys all of you uh look love you brother all again thanks candy man talk thanks, to somebody happy love trails everybody. guys good seeing you pal yeah. Have a good, good trip you, to South America. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Be careful, uh, Duke. Okay. Let me know. I'm headed down there too. Huh? Duke's going to South America. Yeah. Yeah. Hoodoo gurus. Oh, because I'm getting ready to tomorrow. go there. I'm getting ready to go there uh, next week. Right. I'll call you, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's connect down there if we're anywhere near each other. Yeah. Buenos Aires, man. Go to Los Años Locos, man. Fucking great restaurant. Charlie Hernandez used to take us there all the time. I love Charlie. Hey, so if I hold this album up, just Mark, or I, I apologize, Sarge, what, what, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you see this? Uh, probably the, the white. Well, actually, we had a, I think we had a bus with a paint job on the side for a while. Yeah, we did lots of them from. Uh, no, I mean, no, with that paint. Had job. that? Yeah. Early on. I Jay remember. Bus. And then, then the next thing I knew, we were out on that white thing, which was uh, Cohen's old bus. Yeah. The one I got accused of poking holes in the gas tank of the, the remember in uh, Florida and the truck stop in Florida when it, the bus driver had been up doing blow for like three days or speed. And right. then he called and accused that me of Fred poking, <laughs> poking holes in the oil filter with a ice pick. Remember when they sent us that old lady to drive our bus and she would sleep in the bay and she came in yeah. all pissed off one day. If you boys are going to stay up all night drinking and doing cocaine, right, 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 right. Started screaming and hollering at us and, <laughs> yeah it was fucking this could we're gonna have to do josh i think um like five parts to this <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> hey what I mean, do what we're comes just fucking scratching the surface what you know? comes to your mind new teeth so what comes nice too. what comes to mind when you see the back of this album cover any of you guys on this i am which, which i'm the gorilla you? i'm the gorilla on the balcony molesting the schoolgirl, I believe. Um, <laughs> it was the only uh, it was the only outfit on the uh, universal lot that would fit me because I'm six. <laughs> and uh, I remember it being like 100 degrees outside when we were filming that. And the suit was made of rubber. And I kept having to take my hands off and pour out the water. And I was just sweating like crazy in there. That's what I remember about that. And pretty much all the guys that were hanging out with the band at the time were all in the shot. Yeah. Bruce Cohen, for instance, is, is the guy inside Steve Austin's spacesuit. Uh, 
couple of the girls were girls that the guys were going out with at the time. And uh, just a bunch of hangers, you know, guys yeah. that used to hang on the band and stuff. The right guy, now. like the guy on Midnight Madness, that was um, on the cover. Remember the guy? Let me see if I can see it. Where is he? He's He was the blow dealer. Keep going up. Oh, uh, Guy. Wasn't his name Guy? He was, has the hair and the fucking scarf around his neck. Yeah, I think so. Oh, uh, yeah. Who was, who was that guy? Remember, he was the, he was the coke dealer that used to come down. And then when they did the 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 movie um, with Wahlberg, what was that fucking movie that he did with the fucking Johnny Wad shit? Anyways, and that's oh, just yeah. Cookie Nights. And all that. Cookie and Nights. He's a wild cocaine dealer, yeah. right? And even Brad has said, "Well, yeah, I've I've been in that house before." <laughs> That was that guy's fucking house. That guy got really? on the fucking cover. Yeah, he lived up in the Hollywood Hills, and he would come down with his scarf tied around his neck and thought he was a big pop star and all that kind of stuff. Who who is the Bumblebee guy? That's Brad. No, no, right here, right there. There's a little oh. head right above. Oh no, Brad's yeah. shoulders. Oh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure isn't that Danny, uh, the guy who did those first couple videos. I'm pretty oh. sure that's who that is tucked in oh, over there. It's just, you, you know, I've seen this album cover for years. And just recently, I just noticed, hey, there's a dude on Brad's um, shoulders. Uh, this record. So, Biff, you were the uh, you were the genie waving the sword. I was, man. I uh, I fit the suit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got to play Genie. Um, shit, I don't know. I used to have that outfit somewhere. I don't know. And my ex-wife probably fucking burned it or some shit. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, yeah. When this album came out, I mean, did you guys? I mean, I, I would assume some of you guys probably did some work with them while they're in the studio recording. That be correct? Uh, Mark. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, I, I was yeah. in all the first five records I worked with him on. Right, and I was there from Midnight Madness through Big Life in the Studio. Yeah. Was there ever like any time where you know they like Jack or Kelly comes in with a song and you're just like, "Fuck, that's good," you know? Like, were you ever? Was there ever like an amazed moment, like where you're just like blown away by something that? either they wrote or played um that ever stood out or were you like yeah these guys are just average hacks well Whatever. don't tell me you love me and uh eddie's coming out tonight with some you know some blistering guitar stuff so yeah you know that got everybody's attention right away but mm -hmm. as far as songs that just blew my mind i'd have to really defer to uh damn yankees i used to really those guys would come up with stuff that was just you know mm -hmm. ridiculously good well, you're definitely going to have to come back on because I like to talk some uh, damn Yankees, too. Um, that was a fun band. I had a blast with those guys. Yeah, just uh, that album yeah was... Mike's a great drummer, man. I did Skinner yeah. with him. Really great guy. Yeah, some of those, uh, you know, harmonies and, you know, that first record was just phenomenal. The second record's even great uh, as well. Um, this record, and if you look... Right here, I think this is the first album that has everybody's name on it. Um, on the back here, um, so all three were on this tour, correct? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I think even my mom made it on there because for Rock Mom, she used to come down and feed us all the time down at Fantasy Studios. Yeah. Make a bunch of food for us, and we go out. Biffy, go pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> we got the I'm night raiders and buy a half ounce of blow. <laughs> the night. <laughs> The Night Ranger Road Crew, Mark Newman, Terry Biff Wade, Jack Jacobson, John Crowther, Kid Ken Mednick, uh, Rick Fantel. Am I pronounced? I'm not pronouncing that right. Fantel? Fantel, yeah. Fantel. Uh, Chuck Lutz and Tucker Williamson um, are the uh, Night Ranger Road Crew listed on this uh, record. Now, when it came time for this record, Mark, were you the only ones uh, for this record? I know I was there. I don't know who was on the crew by that time. Mm. I I was not there. I that, yeah. I went after Big Life and went to uh, Frank Zappa. Yeah, and, and I was already gone to Doc and yeah, and then, and then I went on to I think Elton John for like mm -hmm. five or six years. So yeah, that's uh, this album is. You know, obviously, did not fare well. You know, well album. You know, sales wise, um, this was the last studio album they did from that classic era. Um, did not have fits on it. Uh, I always thought it was amazing they advertised that record as "Guitars Are Back." Guitars are back, and then when they world premiered the video, the first thing you see is Jeff playing keyboards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's kind of uh, going in the opposite direction that you advertise. Yeah, Jeff used to play keyboards though back in yeah. the day. Mm -hmm. We used to have a remote keyboard. I think that used to come out there for him. I can't remember what he played on it. DX7, uh, Sister Christian, I think. No. Uh, um, yeah, he he did the the synthesizers, I think, on Sister Christian, and then maybe Fitz played the actual piano part. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It's been a million years. I remember it was like a DX7 that they'd whip out real quick. And they'd yeah, out there. that was the one that burned up in the fire when we caught... Uh, up in Marquette, Michigan. Marquette, Michigan, right? And the truck burned down. And going, Biff! I woke up that fire. Biff, your fucking fire was burning a fucking truck down. <laughs> well, your cake was on fire. And we did the King Biscuit Flower Hour that night live, remember? God, it was yeah. horrible. Yeah. We our lungs were fucked from all the fire extinguisher shit that was throughout our beer. It was a stagehand. He was smoking, and it got gathered up in one of the curtains. Was not bib. Yeah, it was <laughs> smoldering all evening. So when they opened the truck the next day, the oxygen got to it and just burst into flames. Yep, yes, I remember. Now, but I remember Frogmore is the one who woke us all up. So open that doors or tossing gear out of the back of that truck man that sucked that was horrible now you the guys... keyboard still worked yeah it had, it had a big burn mark on the bottom of it even yeah burned right through the case now you guys have ruined this for me this is one of these things i always tell any hardcore night ranger fan they need to get this is the westwood one live radio recording that they did it's the same Irvine Meadow show that was on the VHS, but this was actually mastered for radio. And so it sounds fantastic. And I always tell people, well, you need to get that. It's better than the VHS video that's out there because they don't edit anything. You hear Kelly's drums 
you know, at the front of the mix, Jack's bass is really up front. And now all I'm going to think about is you guys getting tested in at the Utah border or whatever. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, but you know, let's we'll wrap up this uh, conversation with uh, I'm just going to ramble off some names and I just want you to give me uh, there's Biff Biff. Hey, I'm going to wrap this episode up. I'm just going to ramble off oh, some okay. names and I want each of you just to give me a, a thought or a story <laughs> on the individual. The first person I'm going to mention is Mr. Jeff Watson. Sarge, that was your guy. Well, he certainly was. <laughs> I actually know he said I was Brad's guy, so I guess I really wasn't his guy. <laughs> Crowther was his guy. That's yeah. right. Love Johnny Missile. <laughs> yep. Jeff. Jeff is uh Jeff would have made a good stripper if he was a chick, you know? <laughs> Dude, I got some really cool bolt-ons, man. I bought a Ferrari and some le a red leather bikini, like my hair, dude. I'm like, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow morning about 8 o'clock when I get ready to go to bed. I remember yeah, he always, met this chick. Always this going on with his hair. Came over to, I remember a girl came over to Hawaii to visit with him. And uh, she's from Orlando, Florida, worked at Disney World, I believe. And they would be out partying all night long. And she was like, is he, is he ever going to wake up? Is like, is he still in bed? It's like three in the afternoon. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sun's going down soon. He'll be up. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jeff. Frogmore, so. any Jeff Watson thoughts? Miss Marilyn. Oh, we, we, had, <laughs> we had to play Disney world. Right. So they would, uh, they take us to Disney Disney World, and it would be senior night, high school senior night. So you get right. locked. They they put the kids in the park from like ten thirty at night till eight in the morning, and you do shows like midnight, two a.m. and three thirty a.m. And I, we were there one year with Weird Al was on one stage. We were on stage. So all of a sudden. Um, just missing man i go find him and he's he's, he's got miss Marilyn in uh quite the uh um quite quite the compromised position <laughs> oh the uh, all right what about uh mr uh alan fitzgerald love him great guy man just great amazing guy. quiet bright, quiet the quiet assassin <laughs> smart motherfucker he he was really the brains behind the outfit absolutely fitz was the uh the one who would just look at you know the shit like we're not recording biff's gas palace sorry guys <laughs> you know it'd be like well you know fitz. brad but, uh, always yeah real smart real i did uh i did van halen run with him in 07 and 08 mm -hmm. and we got to sit around and reminisce and Pitts actually played uh, Sister Christian in the hotel lobby for us one morning, waiting for the bus. Huh. So that was nice to that. To that would have been cool. I always tell people, you know, like, you know, Don, especially Don Patrol and Midnight Madness. Um, you know, everybody talks about Jeff and Brad, but Fitz is all over those songs. And, you know, a lot of times stuff you maybe think is a guitar is actually, you know, Fitz. And uh, he, you know, he. I'm glad you guys said that he played. You know such a big role in how those songs sound and how great they hold Bits up. Fitz and Jack were the grown-ups. Yeah. You know what's crazy is uh, 
I collect the old band magazines. Um, and there is a article in there where they kind of like do like local news. And they mentioned Alan Fitzgerald's got a new band called Ranger and they're playing the old Waldorf um, at this certain date. Well, the advertisement for the old Waldorf was a little bit. That was with Gamma. um, And maybe I don't, I don't know exactly who, but. I was there. I remember. um, But the old Waldorf, their ad that they had placed was a little bit older than that little write-up. So I don't think they had changed their name. They they were changing from stereo to Ranger. And so they <laughs> listed that show. They didn't list it as Ranger. They listed the band as Fitz because he was the most popular, you know, or most probably member who had actually done something with, you know, Montrose. I'll send you, you, I, you. I, I'll send I'm you. Sure, I'm pretty sure they only did one show as stereo. And that was warming up for Gamma. And then the next show we did, I think, was warming up for uh, Lemmy. Yeah, they did. They opened for Motorhead. Kelly's talked about that. Um, yeah, at uh, at uh, Old Waldorf also. Yeah, which was those guys were so loud it was yeah. unbelievable. Was <laughs> well, so Kelly loud. talked about getting spit on and all kinds of stuff, but uh, I just thought it was you know unique that before they had changed the name to Ranger you know the old waldorf had to put something there as a band name and they put the band name as fits but i got a i took a picture of it all all and, and the write up all uh, I'm pretty sure that. that's when bill graham came was meeting with the guys too talking yeah. about possibly managing them at the time this would have been i think like august of 80 i think that's the time frame of that um well, I can't break it down like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just remember I, those are the I, only I'm two just, gigs at the well, Waldorf. I, I just got the 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 date of the magazine. I, you know, that's where the time frame came in. What about uh, what about Mister Brad Gillis? What what do you guys got to say about that guy? He's been one of my friends for two thirds of my life. I love him. I worked for him for thirty three years, off and on. Mm-hmm. We did Ozzy together as well, and um, you know. Love him like a brother. Biff, what's you know? Well, it's past Biff's bedtime. No, go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, I'm waiting to see so, our our. So I gotta, So here's here's my best Brad story. We're doing Blaisdell Arena in Honolulu, Hawaii, and he uh, and they had the Miss Hawaii uh, bikini champion. The promoter at the time uh, gets the Miss Bikini Hawaii Bikini Champion to put lays on the guys before their encore. They they came off stage at the end of the show. They go back out and she's out, out there and up dead as you can imagine. So all of a sudden I'm over there. Brad comes running over to us. Get me her phone number. Go, okay, so I go over to her and I go, "Send Bumblebee out there. You know, he want he like your phone number." She goes. No, she goes, I have a boyfriend. That's okay. Thank you very much. So I go, okay. So I go back into catering and I, I found this girl. I says, here's what you got to do. You got to write the nastiest note you can possibly write about wanting a guy. And uh, and then I'm going to put uh, the number to dial a prayer. About Oh, I can't wait to meet you at your hotel. I'm going to uh, fuck your brains right. out, blah, blah, blah. 
and I put the number to, to dial for her, and I pulled it up, and he comes off stage, I go, hey, here, here Brad, she, she said, give you this note, and uh, Hazel eyes light up, next day he comes, he goes, you fucking asshole. <laughs> awesome. Rick was always good for wine, man. Hey, so, guys, I gotta get ready to wrap it up here. All um, right. Yeah. Um, we need well, to do a couple more sessions if we can. We will. Hey, hey, Biff, Jack Yo. Blades. What do you got to say about Jack Blades? Give me your thoughts. We got Jack and Kelly left. Jack, uh, amazing guy. Uh, um, hard worker. Great work ethic. Very focused. Very talented. Um, was pretty much the business guy of the band. You know, he was the one who had the drive of okay, this is this is how we're gonna be. This is the he was like the, the general of the band. Mm -hmm. uh, Kelly, love him to death. One of my best friends in the world was the best man in my first wedding. Um, wouldn't trade him for the world. Taught me everything I know about drums, as long as Mark, as well as Mark and Rick, and uh, which led me on to quite a lucrative, um, illustrious career. Uh, with some very, very famous drummers. So I'm very grateful for that and uh, always will be. Well, Biff, we'll let you sign off real quick. I want to get their thoughts on Jack and Kelly if you got to take off. Hey, and I will I will get a hold of you and we will plan cool, something yeah. else. Tomorrow's the old man's birthday. So I got plans tonight. So um, I will talk to you soon, boys. It's All so right. great to fucking Happy see birthday, you. Biff. Thanks, buddy. Get some, steak and, guy, get some steak and yeah, eggs tomorrow, to buddy. Soon. I'll call you before you leave, okay? Take care. <laughs> yep. Brother. Yeah, Biff. Um, we got uh Duke Jack Blades. What's give me some thoughts on him. Who are you looking for? Jack's great. He's he's, oh. he's awesome, man. He was just oh yeah. Uh, uh and you know, Sarge, what what's your thoughts on Jack? Well, you and you and you got the um, people got to remember not only Night Ranger, but you you did the uh, damn Yankee stuff with Jack. Yeah, we're 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 very, very close. Uh, uh, I, you know, we contact each other pretty much, you know, two, three times a year. Uh, if I don't run into him someplace, I've run into him at the Seattle airport. You know, you just I just, you know, you never know where I'm going to run into him. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're brothers from way back. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I've worked for him off and on for 33 years as well. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, last, but certainly not least, uh, give me great, some great family, man. Uh, great, great family guy. Well, I always said, too, when I started this podcast, I told everybody, I go, the person, you know, who has the best story and I would want to interview is not someone in the band. I go, it's Molly. You know, she, <laughs> You know, I mean, she she married Jack back in the 70s when he's wearing those glasses and he's in a funk band. And then suddenly he's a heartthrob on MTV. He's out in the road on MTV. She's raising two kids. Then you go into the whole damn, you know, like that's that's a story. Um, and they're still, you know, they're still together. I mean, and she was right there the whole time. She's been the rock mom you know, yeah. Yeah. for the whole time. Yeah, and then you know, even her mom, you know, helped the band out, you know, early in their career. We've had some of those stories, but uh, sure, um, yeah, and uh, last but not least, Kelly Kagi, give me a couple of thoughts on old KK, the best, 
wonderful human being. Love him to death yeah. as well. Yeah, they're just great guys, man. They're great, great people. And it was just an honor to work for them. And it was a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Well, it's the thing, too. I mean, me be, being basically just a fan and then circumstance getting basically drafted into this Night Ranger team, you know, you always have that fear that they're not going to be, you know, who you want them to be. And luckily, I haven't had to experience that. You know, Jack's been great. Brad's been great. And exactly Kelly, you know, he's they're always on the same side as the crew, which was helpful. There were certain guys on my uh, in my resume that really didn't play. weren't on the same side, you know what I mean? It wasn't like you know those guys were a team, you know, and the crew was a team with the band, and it was like you know it was an entourage. But right. you know, several of the people that I worked for over the years definitely worked against me, <laughs> and I wasn't used to that. Yeah. You know, after leaving those guys, you know, yeah. who are you know a bunch of reasonable guys. And we were all working together for one thing, you know, and then some of the pop stars I worked for after that were like, God, oof. Can, can be an eye opener. You really appreciate those that you work for that, you know, treat, treat, you know, like with the, with the whole Huey Lewis thing, it was just family, you know, no, it was mm-hmm. same, same people there for forever. And when the crew, the band, no one, no one had preferential treatment from Huey to the truck driver. Everyone was treated the same. And yes, don't you don't you don't find that very often, you know, and that's what made it special. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, uh, and not only that, they made some pretty damn good music. They did. Um, Plus, they're fucking great players. Yep. Uh, uh, It still stands the test of time, and um, yeah, I mean, here we are, 2023, talking about uh, Night Ranger. Sarge Frogmore, guys, I appreciate you joining. I definitely want to do this again. You guys just let me know. Um, and uh, I, I tell you, the fans are going to love this. Um, and I, like Biff said, you guys could probably do 20 more episodes of, of this with your guys' stories. Uh, but uh, I appreciate you you know, joining me. And again, this is the reason why we have the podcast is to get these stories. So uh um i appreciate you josh thanks for having us i i'm good to bring the family back together again really you know because all these guys on this crew were you know we were all definitely family for years well that was cool that was when we first got all four of the uh cameras working it was cool seeing you guys you know before we started recording um you know seeing each other for the first time in a while and catching up and um, well, yeah. usually all we ever see is each other at like funerals and stuff because you know we're in that age group, so <laughs> right. it's fun to get to see somebody. You know, the, the boys mm-hmm. when everybody's you know doing great and we're you know mm-hmm. chatting about old times. Yeah, um, really I get is. it. Man. I get it. And you guys definitely have uh, you know war stories, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> go on forever. Believe. Yeah. Well, guys, I hope this isn't the last time I I see you guys, and I hope you guys join us again. But uh, everybody out there, this is what you wanted. We got it. So uh, uh, tune in and keep an eye out because I tell you I'm going to work my ass off to get them back on. Guys, thank you. Don't tell me.
Well, it, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, you want to, I don't know, want to bring the band into this or not? 